Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Hello, hello, hello. Woo-wee. It sure is July out there, isn't it? My goodness. I have to tell you all a couple of things right off the bat today. That is that if I ever wondered whether love and affection was flowing in my life, I am no longer wondering. You all have made my birthday yesterday an incredible experience, and I do think that the rest of the month may be just as spiffy. I'll, I appreciate it very much. The biggest deal to me for my birthday is that approximately, well, let's see. 70 years and 12 hours ago, (laughs) maybe closer to 18, my mother finally got to get out of the bed. She was one of those that they put to bed. And in those years, believe it or not, this is absolutely the truth, um, the the fan was on, okay? And I I probably still have the fan. I've got the the little oscillating ancient hunter fan in my attic. But uh, they did bring in the block of ice to put at the end of her bed and blow the air over it because she kept, I mean, think about that. All of us, I've been told that I aspired to air conditioning. I do. And I'm very happy when it works. So I, I appreciate her doing that for me, and I appreciate all of you being so kind and sweet and lovely, lovely, lovely wishes, um, lovely, lovely gifts. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> my team, I, the, my team asked me a while back, what do you want for your birthday? And I you know, when somebody asks you that, you answer them. I said a garden tractor. I really need it. There's, I need more machinery. So now that's what they're raising money for, and I appreciate it very much. You, thank you, all of you, and I'm, I'm, I, I think it's great. I love it. Now, I will tell you that the peach pie that arrived yesterday was also just as nice of a gift, but a little bit more limited in its scope. So, and in case my doctor's listening, no, I didn't eat all of it, although I thought about it. So I hope that you all will celebrate um, your birthdays and mine as well. I'm kind of interested in how your garden's doing. It's been pretty rainy in some places and not in others. And guess what? It's about to be very rainy in a lot of places in the next week or so. What does that do for us? Hmm, let's talk about it. 888-808-8637, that is the Super Talk call line. The ceasefire text line is 601-879-4395, and I really do appreciate the way y'all use that. That's really fun to see what's going on in your garden and um, remarks that you might not feel comfortable making on the air, and I, I do appreciate that. Now, when your child comes to you and says what they want to do, or perhaps it's your grandchild or even your great-grandchild, and they confide in you that what they want to do more than anything else is whatever, Play baseball, you know, be a, 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 an archaeologist, um, be a radio talk show host, <laughs> whatever, whatever that person wants. Obviously, we as the adults in the room are taught and have learned to encourage but also explain what they're talking about, right? Well, here's one that we never knew about, and it's going to have to be perhaps explained when uh, that person comes to you and says, 
hey, honey, I've got a new job. We're going to the Yukon. You know, <laughs> it could be could be Canada for a few folks. Here's the thing. Hundreds of millions of years ago, in what we all understand as the Paleozoic era, era there, there were a lot of things that are very recognizable about that time, okay? Um, it was the, the, the point, the fossil record teaches us about the, the things that are close to slugs, the things that are close to squids, all these things were in that, that period of time. But you can't go back and that you can't go back, you know, wind the clock back and go look at it. So all of the scientists who are interested in what was happening in Earth's history tend to try to figure out where to go to find it. Guess what? This is the longest known continuous record of the Paleozoic era, and they've discovered it in the Yukon wilderness. I'm telling you, this is going to be a place and a thing, and papers and studies and research projects for the next period of time. You know, you want a career? Okay, here's one. The Yukon Wilderness Paleozoic. Go to go to college. Get yourself out there. This is along the Peel River, which, by the way, is absolutely beautiful. And the, the trove of fossils and rock layers formed on that ancient ocean floor have now been unearthed. The international team of scientists have begun this work, which is just a few hundred miles south of the Arctic's Beaufort Sea. This, of course, is part of the work that could not have been done prior to the last... 10 or 20 years when things began to change in that area that area of the earth but it is really unheard of as the scientists say to find this much um there's a point you understand in the development of the earth where things changed over from being less oxygen available to more oxygen available and so the things that couldn't live where there was more oxygen went away and things like dragonflies, you know, that need oxygen, became part of the scene. And that, so that's what we're um, – fish predators came along in the Paleozoic. I, I'm happy to tell you that by then things had diverged enough so that we had not only ferns but also conifers starting up. And there's fossils of all of that. So the, the research is just going to be stunning. It's wonderful that they can tell us about it. Um, and frankly, it's also wonderful that it, you know – comes out of Stanford, one of our own American universities, which is known for all that sort of stuff. So it's an interesting thing. I want to encourage you to try something new. I want to encourage you to make sure that when someone close to you says, I'm going to the Yukon, you don't immediately tell them, you can't do that. Do you know the two reactions to you can't do that? Psychologically speaking, I mean, just in human, human experience. Somebody tells you you can't do that, you react one of two ways. You either react by saying, oh, yes, I can, and maybe go off and do something completely foolhardy because of that admonition, okay? Or someone says, well, you can't do that, and you immediately feel like, well, I'm worthless. I can't do that. That's one of those expressions that is not a really good idea to lay out there all the time. You can't do that. It's, it, there's just there's several expressions one should try and stay away from. That's one of them. Hey, now, are you are you up for studying the man in the moon? Do you see faces in clouds? Do you see faces in vacuum cleaners? I really do think that everyone who ever becomes a, a cartoonist or an animator must have this quality tremendously because when you look at the cartoons, I think of Brave Little Toaster, but there are a lot of a lot of critters and creatures that all look like humans because they've been drawn that way because we see faces you know we see mother teresa in a bagel i mean we see you know what i mean we see faces in toasted things we it's until now scientists have wondered what that was all about but they haven't really jumped off into it and i'm saying 
that's why we have some of our flower names, because we have this propensity as human beings to see faces in everything. So uh, he, gardeners kind of tend to see faces. We also see hearts in everything. So we, we name things and we regard them with a particular way because of this quality. Well, it's important, okay? Apparently, over time, humans have learned that the ability to recognize a face is a better thing than not recognizing it. And we are more successful if we recognize a face, particularly if we then take that next step to say friend or foe, which then moves into flight or fight. You know, we, we have that all of these things are linked together in human behavior. And that's really basically what it comes down to out in the garden. There are there there critters, those dragonflies, you know, that have been around since the Pleistocene are out there. But if there's something slightly larger than them that wants to eat them, they're going to go faster to get away. They're not going to look. You and I are going to look. We're going to see what's in that face. And yet we know that the things that are not truly faces, but, but we recognize them that way. Sometimes they make a smile. Might be the front end of a car. You know, <laughs> The headlights look like eyes. Those kinds of things. And if this has never happened to you, then I say you need to exercise your imagination. Go lie down and look at the clouds. You will eventually see somebody's face that you know and love floating around up there. It's really very fun. But this kind of um, this kind of crossover condition where you, you're seeing these things, it's actually more than just the child's fantasy. It's our brains working in the way that they need to to give us the opportunity to see more um, and, and really to, to be more aware and smarter in our judgments about the people that we do encounter. That story and many others um, are coming to you from the things that I gleaned together during the week to go into the All Things Garden Mama newsletter. I was wondering this week whether it was going to make it out or not because there was quite a lot of birthday hoo-ha and one thing and another. But guess what? I did it. And, it's, and yet another issue came out yesterday, I'm happy to say. And I got to answer a couple of questions about roses that um, we can talk about during the day today if you want to. But I've had so many emails lately about that the roses are so much nicer. It was like, it was like in May, the, the emails were, oh, the hydrangeas are so beautiful. Well, now it's, oh, the roses have come back and bloomed for the second or third time. Do they always do that? Well, yes, yeah, some of them do. Some varieties can do that. But it it's like the bigger blueberries. I've gotten several emails about people from people saying their blueberries are bigger this year. In part, that's because we had so much water. <laughs> you know, the roses, we, don't, we may not think to water the roses. They don't wilt. But having a whole lot of water in their root zone has certainly benefited us with more flowers. That's kind of a wonderful thing, um, if you think about it. We can, we're going to hear from Mike in a little while. Let's see. Bill's in Poplarville. There's a white mildew on the zucchini. It's pretty much advanced, and nearly all the fruit is soft and rotted. Well, they might, they may be goners. He wants to know. the The issue sounds like powdery mildew, and it doesn't. It isn't a problem until it gets to be a problem. That is to say, you can see a little patch of it today, and it's no trouble. But a few days later, it's covered up the entire plant. The good news is, it's time to plant squash again in Poplarville pretty soon. So I, I would take what you can and clean that area up really, really well. Powdery mildew is a, a strictly a function of warm conditions and wet conditions. And so it appears, you'll see it on crepe myrtles, you see it on a lot of stuff. But it, it is not a, and it's not nearly as big an issue, or it shouldn't be, in the second half of the summer. And that should make the, the, the uh, <laughs> that should make the squash a little bit less rotted. 
Um, by the way, someone sent me a picture, and if any of you know the answer to this, I'd love to hear it. Um, she planted yellow crookneck squash and sent me pictures of the squash that resulted, but they're pumpkin orange. Now, a couple of them had fused together. That's not un- unexpected. Um, she didn't have the problems that people have had on the cucumbers where they're curved. She just This color is just different, and I'm, I'm wondering if anybody else has seen that. Interestingly enough, ooh, Mike's got nice tomatoes. Looking good, looking good. I like it. My tomatoes are very, very small. I have black cherries and different things. Um, oh, well, thank you, John. That's really beautiful. The Paducah Wells Bridge on the Tallahatchie he's painting this morning. That's beautiful. Lovely, lovely, lovely. 888 That is the Super Talk call line. I'm your garden mama. My name is Nellie Neal. I appreciate you giving me ear space on a Saturday morning or whatever day you're listening to this broadcast or the podcast. It's all, um, it, it's all just a joy to me to have the opportunity to talk to you about your plants and, frankly, my plants, too. I have a few plant problems, but I have a few plant exaltations. I have noticed that everything in my front bed is perfectly green and lovely, except for the flowering quince. And it bloomed and bloomed and bloomed and bloomed and bloomed, and then I did prune it, and I thought I put fertilizer out there. Hmm. Well, have to go see. Maybe I didn't. That might be the answer. Mike is from – Mike's in Houston. Hey, what's up? What seeds are you planting, sir? Well, I tell you what, I haven't mowed my brown-eyed Susans down yet, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to mow. So, is it too early to harvest the seeds? No, not if the heads are ripe. You know, they they'll the the heads on those coneflowers or those rudbeckias. You know, any of the ones that have the noses will just get to where you know they're about to fly off. And frankly, it's going to be so wet next week that if you can harvest them, you should. I would put them all in a brown paper bag and put them inside the house and let them all fall out on their own. I was thinking about doing that to a couple of things, too. I was watching a video where this man takes them after they turn brown, more or less, and takes them in a plastic container, like a a peanut butter jar or whatever. He'll shake it up a little bit. Then he'll take the thing out and put it on a separate dish and uh, take that little shaking and uh, put it on a separate dish. Then he'll do it again. And when he did it the second time, you have a higher percentage of seeds. Sure. That's that's called, the, you, you know the term, the wheat from the chaff? That's the chaff. <laughs> all that debris that's in the seed and all that extra seed coating and stuff like that. That's why we try to wait for the seeds to be able to be mature in order to harvest them so that we don't have all of that other stuff. You know, we we have less of it, it falls off real easily. So that's, I mean, that's fine. That's a lovely way to do it. You'll sometimes see people do that um, in in screens. Um, you'll sometimes see people do it in a, a sifting method, you know, of just picking it up so, because the seeds are heavier, that sort of thing, that the chaff will blow away. out on. You know, you can do that outside. You wouldn't do that in your house. But there's a lot of different ways to do it. But, yes, absolutely. You don't want to have to – you don't really want to store all that stuff. Plus, the extra seed coatings and the extra little bits and pieces of leaf and, and flower that are in there can oftentimes be contaminative. And you don't want you don't want to be bringing in a couple of fungus spores into your seeds either. So it, it, that's all a good idea. Also, I planted about three more rows of uh, sunflowers 
they come up, and also the squirrels love them, too. Mm, well, that's true. Last time I grew yeah. sunflowers in my back garden, the squirrels felt like I had done that just for them. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, so Mike. I got a 105, yeah. how, I got a 105 howitzer out for them. <laughs> thank you, Neil. Good luck. <laughs> Bye. No, we don't do that. We just don't do that. Let me see now. Um, I appreciate Oh, you know what else? I wanted to tell you all about this. I, um, y'all know what a big fan I am of Delta Blues Rice. And they're doing a sign-up now for $150 shopping spree. So go to DeltaBluesRice.com and sign up. They are so amazing. Mississippi Family Farm, delicious products, things that you don't, things you don't even know that you're not that you're missing and the big reason for that of course is because these are very specific you know they're not paying me to say this i'm just telling you that how much i love their stuff and because i want you to love it too you'll you'll get their emails when you sign up you'll also be entered into their drawing get the baked rice recipe that's all i'm gonna say okay now (laughs) how was that Say good morning to South Mississippi with a little Van Morrison today. Tell her hello. Tell y'all hello. You know, one of the things that is going on around here is an awful lot of thought. And believe it or not, just knowing y'all think about me means a great deal to me. Thank you. Welcome back. This is Weekend Gardening. business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it calls to bring you into this world and when you leave it and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by The Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. New Care MD is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. For health care the way it should be, visit NewCareMD.com. That's NewCareMD.com. 
Halito, it's time for the 71st Choctaw Indian Fair, July 14th through the 17th. Live on the main stage, music's rising stars, Jimmy Allen, Zach Williams, and Brett Young. Experience Choctaw cultural arts, food, dancing, plus everyone's favorite carnival rides. Get your war paint on with the Res Run starting 7 a.m. Saturday, or test your strength with the Iron Warrior competition. And new this year is the inaugural Cornhole Tournament. Visit ChoctawIndianFair.com and like us on Facebook. Hope to see you there. Hatcha peace, Calling all college football fans. KLLM is unveiling to the public the 2021 Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Jackson State custom football tractor trailers. Thursday, July 22nd at the Embraves baseball game. Take pictures with your team's cheerleaders and mascots as you explore the trucks. Event gates open at 530 with first pitch at 630. Event details can be found at KLLM's Facebook page. Don't miss the college football event of the summer, July 22nd at Trustmark Park. It's a madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on the corner of Highway 471 and Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you. Or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in. couple of plants that I wait for to bloom to know that it's getting close to my birthday. And one of them is red begonias, or scarlet begonias, as this tune is called. I'm happy to say that I went out, uh, fertilized about a month ago, the little cuttings that I had propagated from my bigger plants, and went out, and every one of them was in flower yesterday. I felt very, very special at that particular point. The other plant that I love to watch bloom at this on this date in in each year really is the white liriope. Now, if you don't have white liriope, you probably don't need it because it's one of those plants that people don't people either like it or they don't like it. It's a very prolific liriope, dark monkey grass looking thing with with a, a small flower that's white and I always call it birthday candles, because it, that's what they look like. When they bloom for me, that's what they're doing. All right, Don's on the phone. Come on in from Florence. Don, what's going on? Got a question about compost pile. I've always had a small garden, 
but uh, looking at retiring this year and uh, congratulations expanding my garden next year and I've all yeah, I was taught by the old timers. I plant with triple eight and lay by with triple thirteen. But I, I thought about a compost pile. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. wanted to start one. I've got unlimited hardwood leaves and grass clippings. What what else can I add to to that to get a good compost pile going? That's wonderful. Um, I'm not going to argue with you next year when you realize how expensive that fertilizer is getting. We'll talk about alternatives. <laughs> but anyway, um, the the thing about a compost pile is that as long as you're keeping it basically two parts brown to one part green, it's going to do its work. So it will. You can pile that up, and in, in, in six months you'll have compost. You know, if you turn it once a month, you'll have it a lot sooner and better. Okay. Did, that doesn't matter if it's the size of a table or the size of a truck. It's it's just, that's the size. Now, that's the process rather. The size, according to the research that works best, is a three cubic foot block, basically. In other words, it's going to go the fastest with weekly turning. I know almost no one that does that other than for a science project, because by the time you get started, you have so much more than that. One of my very favorite pictures that I still show all the time is when all my trees were still standing on my little property, I literally harvested oak leaves the size of a Volkswagen bug every year. You know, <laughs> and that, that, that was my compost, and then I would dig out from the bottom, throw in some grass clippings every now and then, throw in coffee filters that have been used with coffee in them, throw in kitchen trimmings from vegetables. I don't want to put in things like meat products or cooked foods or cat litter or any of those things because not because they don't compost they will but it's a commercial level of composting and a level of heat that most of us are not going to do which is required to decompose those things in a way that doesn't create more problems than it solves so if you stick to fresh materials and you go with two green two brown rather to one green then if you find that it's not going fast enough turn it more often whether it's with a, a rake or or whether it's with a tractor, you know, either one. Composting, the, the most exciting book I ever read about composting, and that sounds just terrible, was written during the Raj in India. And it was when a, a, a British person went there and realized what windrow composting looked like and how that was the fertilizer that these guys created and used for centuries, all right? And it literally is piling it up on the side of the field and letting it rot and piling it up on the side of the field coming back and working it into the field so it was really it was almost poetic in the way that everything starts with one thing and comes back back all the way around again to make that full circle that's really the joy of composting it, in part it's because we're not throwing stuff away that we didn't need to throw away and we're not as my sweet neighbor that I love so dearly putting the bags out on the curb to be hauled away and then going and buying mulch and fertilizer He's doing great for my my friends at the garden center, but he could actually be using those leaves also, not not exclusively, but also. So I really admire that you're going to start some composting. If you find it's not going fast enough, even when you're turning it, you may want to consider putting in a little bit of that fertilizer that you have because we will use that as a compost starter sometimes. It's just not usually necessary. Good deal. Good information. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you much. Yes, yeah, so it can be a small pile. It can be a big pile. It can be 
in a bin. It can be in a, 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 a fence kind of thing. You know, you can build one with pallets, or you can literally just go to the side of your garden and row it all up, make it, you know, make a heap. It, it all works, because fortunately, natural rot is, is always going to be with us. One of the things you can be putting into that compost pile right now are the annuals that you're cutting back. For example, impatience and um, um, who asked me about this? Rosy periwinkles and things that have been blooming for a while now. Maybe they had a little damage from the wet weather and so they're not looking so great. They've lost their leaves on the bottom, perhaps, or something like that. Just cut them off. Just cut them off. You can cut them off by as much as half. You can use your head shears. You can use a hand clipper. If it's a big enough bed, you can use a string trimmer. Just get out there and cut them all off. Pick that stuff up, put it in the compost, throw out some fertilizer, fix up the mulch if need be, you know, if, it, if things have washed away or something. And you'll have flowers again three weeks or a month from now on all those summer annual flowers. You can also be seeding summer annual flowers, for example, um, celosias and amaranths and, and zinnias and those kind of things if you, if you want to, to put in some new flowers. But if you've got established flowers in the garden blooming, and they just have kind of, maybe they got flowers at the top and three leaves, you know, <laughs> nothing left. Go ahead and cut them back. They'll be fine. It's a good time to do that. We call it refurbishing, whether it's in planters or p- containers or in a bed. Um, sometimes, for example, Calabroca or Million Bells, the little teeny tiny petunia-looking plant that just blooms and blooms and blooms, it also can get kind of raggy-looking by this point. It'll have five or six flowers and five or six leaves and then a piece of naked stem, you know, six or eight inches long and then a whole bunch more plant. Go ahead and trim it. Give it a little haircut. It's going to be fine. A little fertilizer following that will help a great deal. If you're growing narrow-leaf zinnias, I've not seen too many of them this year, but that is a flower that is so heat-loving that this will be the time that they're starting to take off along with... Oh, gosh, the, the million bells are certainly a, a, another heat lover. But um, I think about melampodium and, and some of these others that we really don't see in bloom until this point in the summer. I think those are such stalwart plants. I encourage you to get them at, there at the garden center. Go ahead and get yourself some and, and add them to your collection. But don't forget about cutting back the ones that you want to get a little bit of a, another start out of. Okay. I had a bunch of emails this week about the garbage can method of growing tomatoes. I did send it out to folks. I'm happy to do that. This was the Jim Wilson method um, that um, I'm happy to tell you uh, I I have never done it myself, but I sure did watch it, and it, and it's a blast. It's a 30-gallon can. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I don't know. I just don't know, but I'm thinking about it. Um, he, it's, a, it's a serious amount of fertilizer and a serious amount of effort, but it's a big, big tomato plant. And, and as he says, there, there are, you know, um, 60 pounds of fruit for him is like was less than most people get from this. Um, he had been doing this at, in, at the point of this particular story that he wrote for the newsletter Loose Dirt that I was so happy to be part of. Um, he wrote this in 1999, but he'd been doing this for 25 years, and uh, just a wonderful gardener. You probably remember from the Victory Garden or maybe from some of the other either programs or books that he did. Really, really super-duper gardener guy. Rest in peace. I know that this is the time of year when we are all out there looking for the dragonflies, for all the pollinators, and I just want to encourage you that 
even when it's raining, they're working. So be sure that you are encouraging them. By that I mean we want to deadhead flowers so that they can rebloom. If they're shriveled up, it's time to, to pluck them um, or cut them and let some more come up and, and give us the opportunity to create some more nectar for those beautiful babies. Glenda's in Goche. Good morning. Thank you for calling in to Weekend Garden. What's on your mind, ma'am? My daughter has raised beds, and the kittens are getting into her raised beds. Ruh row. What I don't know <laughs> does that mean that the uh, the fertilizer they leave is that unsafe, unfit for food? I don't want it in my food, no, because it's not composted, and it's certainly not. Um, it's a little too much for the food plot. The good news is that, as my cats have learned, um, it's not near as much fun when there's a little bit of wire fence on top of the plants or even that they're planted in it like they would be planted in mulch. I have distracted them and dissuaded them that way. Some people will use um, a garlic spray or something like that just long enough to keep the cats from you know they'll they'll go away because they don't like the smell and they'll go somewhere else and find to, to to use the other thing that i've really appreciated recently seeing is rock mulch and i've seen it in vegetable gardens and in in containers that cats tended to dig in too much and it's just a little bit of gravel on top of the soil something just anything that can distract them and get them to go someplace else will be useful i also okay. i can also recommend a water pistol while you're sitting next to the braised bed <laughs> i've done that one of those. Uh, but what I want to know is, is it unclean? Would it cause E. coli being there? Well, I don't know if it causes E. coli, but it it is not clean. It is not good fertilizer. It's fresh manure, it, and you don't want that in, in urine. You don't want that in your vegetables. You don't actually want it anywhere in your garden garden simply because it's a different it's going to create a different situation, different substance. But in food particularly, yes, it will it'll be not a pleasant experience for you. Okay. Thank you. Tell that puppy I agree. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Hello to Goche this morning. What a great place. Um yeah, keeping the cats out of my vegetables. In fact, I have I have in my lifetime given over a bed that used to be vegetables and herbs to the cats because they wouldn't leave it alone. And then I figured out how to dissuade them. Close planting is one thing, but it's also true that they're if they're that curious and that they're that inquisitive, you may want to put sides on the bed for a while. You may want to put a top on the bed for the while. Or you may want to do something to create an environment that they don't like, which can be things like smelly fertilizer, smelly blood meal. That's, you know, that's one of the things people talk about all the time. Or repellents that are smelly. Keep them out of there. Ooh, Brian's in JS. Absolutely. Plant those sunflowers right now. It's a perfect day for it. We we know that most of the sunflowers, if it's the if it's for instance mammoth gray, it takes practically three months, but even that, you know, it's just now the middle of July, middle of August, middle of September, middle of October. Boom, you got sunflowers, and a lot of the sunflowers don't take nearly that long. Those are just the gigantic ones that you would see harvested for for seeds. So sure, absolutely, do that. If um, another thing you can cut back right now for if, particularly if you have been just kind of sad at the way it looks. Beds of Asiatic jasmine, other other beds of ground covers that are thick and dense and have just gotten so waterlogged that they are not growing as well as they should be. And frankly, sometimes they're just so crowded that when the water gets in, the labrutes just stop. So I would suggest um, either either from winter kill or from oversaturation, now's the time to do some heavy-duty pruning 
on those ground covers. Things like Asiatic jasmine, particularly if it hasn't revived the way you would expect. Uh, I think that's important to know about that. Something else that I was really tickled by this, the, you know, we have mysteries in this world. I, uh, I have to say that I've, I don't go to Florida that often, but I have been there a few times in my life, and I always admire their work both in plant and animal conservation because they are so strong in – as a place that has been literally drained and overrun with human beings <laughs> when it actually was quite a wild, natural place, they're doing a pretty good job of keeping things together. We all know about – Pythons moving north, we all know about, you know, clownfish, this and that. But one of the things that happens when you have all that going on is people notice, scientists pay attention, and indeed we get news like this. University of Central Florida study is letting us know that for some reason or another, we don't really know why, and that's why they're reporting in in ecosphere, um, there's a, a lot of loggerhead and sea turtles nesting on the beaches as we would hope but they're smaller than in the past and we don't know why that is now of course these are they're they're very important to the ocean ecosystem they're also an iconic part of florida lore in fact the the central florida's atlantic coast hosts about all of the green turtle nests are more than a third of them in the nest and it's the most important area for loggerheads in the world okay so they're, they're, they, do, they do a lot of work to pay attention to it all. And now we don't know. You know, we've measured them. We count them. We do all those quanti- quality and quantity stories things. <laughs> and all of a sudden we found we got more turtles, but they're smaller. Hmm. Think about it. Five years from now, there'll be another report, I'm sure. All right now. It's going to happen, folks. You're going to want to be a gardener. If you're driving through our state right now and you're listening to this and you're saying, why is this woman talking when Van Morrison is singing? The answer is because this is Weekend Gardening. It's just a dirty, rotten waste of time. We can go. While we're waiting for the sun to shine. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Here's something very helpful. You can join Mississippi Farm Bureau for less than $50 a year. There are so many benefits to your membership, including money-saving perks, access to Farm Bureau insurance, protecting your land, and making a difference in your community through advocacy. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. 
Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Shrimp. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Oysters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your Fresh Seafood Headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive. 601-790-9407. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. Come shop the freshest locally grown fruits and vegetables, meats, and other farm-raised products at the Mississippi Farmers Market every Saturday from 8 to 1. While there, you can grab breakfast or lunch at the City Limits Cafe and shop our new Genuine Mississippi store for unique items made right here in Mississippi. The store is also open weekdays 11 to 1 every day. All this at the Mississippi Farmers Market, 929 High Street in Jackson, right near the fairgrounds. Y'all come see us. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home because we hate termites more than you do. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Really some beautiful photos coming in this morning. Thank you so much. Trey, I have to tell you that I'm I'm just jealous. The, the, the jars of tomato sauce are spectacular. And since last week the table was full and this week it's twice as full, I'm even more impressed. 
<laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, my goodness gracious. Joe's in Madison wants to know if there's anything he should do for his Althea. And thank you very much for commenting on the music. I always appreciate that. Well, here's what the deal. Here's the thing. You're right. He's only got leaves out at the tips. It's not looking so great. I'm going to tell you what I was taught in horticulture, and then I'm going to tell you what I've done. I love to do that. Sometimes I have great examples of how well. Sometimes we just go ahead. Here's one. If you've never cut back an Althea, a, a, a Rosa Sharon, um, a, a, okay, Hibiscus syriacus or whatever, syriatus, I'm sorry, whatever its name is, um, you need to understand that the, they need to be cut back at the very early, early point in the spring, if even late winter, if they need to be cut back at all, because that will stimulate more flowers. And it, particularly if you clip the ends of the otherwise fine branches and that'll help them put on more flowers that this coming year in the year now that being said obviously that wasn't done this year and i have done it some years some years i don't um i know that the 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 classic old purple altheas that are almost all sticks you know they don't make it as much of a tree form as they make an upright vase sort of form. Those will really just quit blooming if you don't do some of that trimming on them at least in the very late part of winter, early spring. Now, a few years ago, I have two Altheas in the back part of my property. They're in too much shade; they barely bloom. It just they just are there. But a, a few years ago, um, I had a fit and and I cut them back in the middle of the summer, and they've never looked better. So, Joe and Madison, my advice is, if they don't look good to you, you know that you've got at least two months of good, solid growing season going, go ahead and prune them. And I feel that way about a lot of things. We don't think about midsummer pruning because we think then it's going to dry out or we'll wait too long and it'll end up being damaged in the fall and all that. I say it's mid-July. It's a woody plant. If it doesn't look good and you want to prune it, other than flowering shrubs, which need to be pruned within a month after they finish flowering, you know, all these other things that, that either bloom on new wood or just don't seem to bloom for you at all, for example, that would be another reason to, to do some pruning. Let's go ahead and do some. And um, I'm confident that the regrowth will be okay. A little fertilizer will help too. But fertilize now. Don't wait till next month. Fertilize now when you prune, okay? Wow, I kept thinking there was going to be an update on this story, and there just hasn't been. Um, have you ever wondered, Joe says, how far to cut back? The answer, Joe, is I'm going to take off probably six, inches, six or eight or even a little bit more inches off of each of those stems just to see if we can't push some new growth behind it. I'd like for that to happen. Anyway, I only have ever been one place where there were people that had carrier pigeons or racing pigeons as they are called now and I remember being up on top of this apartment building in, in, a, in a city and thinking well how do they know how to get back well obviously we understand now that birds they, they understood then I understand now birds fly based on the electromagnetism of the earth and and the bird the homing pigeons or the carrier pigeons really do tend to um, get their their squabs you know they tend to come right back they're not they're not well they're not large traveled but they do go places and they go from place to place however the royal pigeon racing association says that this is just amazing this recent uh just incredibly 5000 homing pigeons disappeared during a race across the UK there was some weather issues 
but they've never had this happen before, even with similar weather issues. Some of them, they're, they're, this is, here's the other thing you need to know. They released 250,000 pigeons in this, <laughs> in this race. And there are 50 events all at the same time going across the country. In other words, like I said, they don't, they don't go the whole country. They go their area and come back, all right? Only 10% returned on time, and that's not happened before. But I remember wondering what could affect all of that because I was just amazed that they could go and come back. But solar storms, maybe, they're hoping that the Weather Service can help them with that. But I have had no, no repeat information, nothing coming up to tell me the rest. So if you know anything about those homing pigeons, let me know if they got home. I'm curious. Uh, let's see, we got Joe's question. That's good. Down in Biloxi, gardenias on the east and south sides of the home. One on the east side gets very little water and let attention, less attention, but it flourishes. The ones on the south get all of the attention, more sun, and will not mature out. Am I overwatering them when it's not raining? That's a great question. Um, yes, you may be caring for them a little bit too much. Gardenias tend to like a more moderated, sheltered environment. And, um, for example, in, in, in the, the first Cape Jasmines, the big gardenias that uh, I grew up with in Gulfport, right by you there in Biloxi, sir, ma'am, um, are, were as tall as the windows and the house was off the ground. So they were like eight feet tall, probably. And literally, they were on the east and west side of the house. And the... East side of the house was where we played. We picked all those flowers all the time. And I always wondered why they had them on the other side of the house, because they never did so well, even though there was more sun there. Well, it's because it, the, the edge was more extreme, and that's what I realize now. Um, they're going to do better in that environment that is not as radically, either gets more water, gets more sun, gets more this, gets more that. They're going to be in the more sheltered area. They're going to do a little bit better for you. And that's all. I don't know that you're overwatering, but you're, you're, get, you're getting probably too much. They're, they're getting too much attention, let's put it that way, from the sun and probably from your water then because you feel like they're in the sun. They need to get watered, right? Right. Wiley's in Cleveland. Welcome in. Thank you for calling. What's on your mind? Well, it's not a garden situation. I did take a few tomatoes to a church this morning where Samaritan Purse, uh, which is a Franklin Graham organization, there's a big crew up in Cleveland, Mississippi area that are out helping to restore houses that were flooded about a month ago. They had close to 200 houses in Baltimore County area, and Samaritan Purse has got a big group of folks up here, and they're looking for volunteers Monday through Saturday to come and help in, and some of these folks are really low-income folks and uh, need a lot of help. So if uh, anybody out there listening could, could be a volunteer Monday through Friday for Samaritan First, they sure would appreciate it. Thank you very much, Wiley. That's a good cause and certainly something that we need to jump in on if we possibly can. The Samaritan's Purse is a good group. And, of course, anybody that's willing to go help me rebuild a house that's been flooded, frankly, is a champ, you know. That's no. There's no question about that. So, if you were in the Cleveland area and you can volunteer, get in touch with them and please do. We'd love to hear about it later on. Okay, okay. Um, oh, speaking of all these things, somebody sent me a note this week and said that they hadn't divided their bearded Irish yet, and is it too late? And yada yada yada, and you know all this kind of stuff. And I said, no, 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 no. It's been so wet that my bearded iris have just about sunk in in one of the areas in the bed. And I literally was out there just the other day exposing their, their rhizomes. 
So if you haven't dug and divided and yours are sinking, you should probably go ahead and do that. Okay? Okay. My goodness, this was a fast hour, y'all. This has gone quickly. I will tell you, um, here's the weather forecast. I'm carrying my umbrella so it doesn't rain before I get home. But um, we're looking at a fairly wet week coming up. It's time to get started for the fall garden. If your plants, like one of our correspondents this morning, if you've got powdery mildew all over something and it, you, you're not able to pick anymore, or if you've got flowers that are all messed up, you know, turned brown and you can't cut them back, it's not helping, now's the time to do something else, okay? We can talk about what, or you can tell me what, because this is Weekend Gardening. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Hey y'all, let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. Put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road, secure your load. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Ace Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Only 31% of Mississippians are fully vaccinated, and now the CDC is warning that we're one of five states where the Delta variant could have the worst impact. State leaders have taken every measure to make sure the vaccine is available to everyone. 
So what happened? It's the younger folks that we have we struggle with. This isn't unique to coronavirus. You know, even for flu vaccine and other preventive measures, mm-hmm. we struggle with young and middle-aged folks. But young and middle-aged folks are getting it, and and they're dying, and they're spreading it around. So, you know, the coronavirus vaccine is for everybody. State health officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says evidence shows the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are effective against the variant strains. And State Senator Josh Harkin says he has requested a bill creating a car tag paying tribute to the Diamond. Dogs National Championship win. He said the legislation will be ready to be introduced in the next session or during a special session if Governor Tate Reeves chooses to include it. I'm Andy Davis. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Our members get to take advantage of several of our business partnerships. Today, I want to talk about one in particular, Ford. As a Mississippi Farm Bureau member, you are eligible for $500 bonus cash on a new Ford truck. Take advantage of this and many other great perks and join us today. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Hey, it's Lucky Buck, and I'm here to tell you about a new holiday. And unlike National Selfie Day, this one actually makes sense. It's First Tuesday. On the first Tuesday of every month, the Mississippi Lottery introduces new scratch-off games, and that is a reason to celebrate. So try your luck with fresh scratch-offs each month. And hey, take a selfie while you're playing. Oh, hold on. That one may be a keeper. Have fun, y'all. Must be 21 or over to play. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. Lawmakers are planning hearings on the possibility of eliminating the state income tax. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman thinks they'll have a plan when the legislature reconvenes in January. For the Senate side, we lean more towards not raising anybody's taxes. Um, I know the, the House bill was a uh, step forward, but there were some taxes that were raised in that in that procedure on, uh, on tractors and mobile homes and different things. And uh, that was rel- our Senate was reluctant to do that without some, a good bit more study. And you often hear that government should be run like a business. The new executive director of the Department of Transportation, Brad White says, you can't always do that. Well, with the Department of Transportation, uh, there are a lot of similarities. I mean, you have a board of directors and the Transportation Commission. You've got a CEO and executive director. You've got a talented team of people that are working on producing a product, and you've got a consumer that uses the product. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The Major League Baseball Draft gets underway tomorrow night in Denver, Colorado. It'll run through Wednesday. Some of the prospects out of Mississippi, old Mrs. Gunnar Hoagland, it's projected to be a top 20 pick possibly. Doug Nikhazy, also out of Ole Miss. Mississippi State's Will Bednar, whose brother is a reliever for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Christian McLeod, Tanner Allen, and Eric Sarantola out of Mississippi State. Southern Mrs. Red Reed Trimble. Outfielder for the Golden Eagles is also projected to be a possibility in the Major League Baseball draft. And high school outfielder and right-hander out of Madison Central, Braden Montgomery, is also a possibility in the Major League draft that gets on the way tomorrow night in a full 40 rounds for Wednesday. Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, the two aces out of Vanderbilt, are also in the top five possibilities. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. 
You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Hey, it's Lucky Buck, and I'm here to tell you about a new holiday. And unlike National Selfie Day, this one actually makes sense. It's First Tuesday. On the first Tuesday of every month, the Mississippi Lottery introduces new scratch-off games, and that is a reason to celebrate. So try your luck with fresh scratch-offs each month. And hey, take a selfie while you're playing. Oh, hold on. That one may be a keeper. Have fun, y'all. Must be 21 or over to play. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. It's Major League Baseball All-Star Week in Denver, Colorado this week, along with the Major League Baseball Draft, which gets underway Sunday. The All-Star Game will be played Tuesday night at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Making the All-Star list for the National League, former Mississippi State star Adam Frazier will be at second base out of the Pittsburgh Pirates, making the pitching staff for the National League All-Stars. All former Mississippi State star Brandon Woodruff for the Milwaukee Brewers. Making the American League All-Star Pitching Staff, Lance Lynn, former Ole Miss star with the White Sox this year. And the managers, Kevin Cash for the American League and Dave Roberts for the National League, will choose the starting pitchers for Tuesday night's All-Star Game at Coors Field. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for deciding you just needed to hear a little green today. Yep, that's right. That's my whole world. It's all about the flowers and the vegetables. It's all about the trees and the lawns. It's all about, frankly, your plants and my plants, the house plants, the outdoor plants, and all of our other favorite plants, some of which don't need any soil at all to grow. We can talk about any of those here every Saturday, and I thank you very much for that. A couple of things on the text line um, from last hour that I didn't quite get to before we rolled out. Corinne has planted a fig, and it has tripled in size. She planted it in the springtime. Should it be making figs yet? No. Um, How long will it take? Mm, Probably next year, maybe another year after that. We are usually looking at plants that are two years old. If we're planting, say, a fig tree that's in a one-gallon pot, it was probably a cutting two years ago, so it might be two feet tall, then it gets to be four feet, six feet, and it's tripled in size. But it still has to mature that wood in order to be able to make the figs. And that will take another year, maybe two, but probably only one more. Figs will usually start at about the four-year point to make at least a few fruit. She also has the issue of less sun than she might like. So I wrote to her and said, well, here's the thing. My my figs are not in full. They were in full sun at one time, but the neighborhood has grown in 20 years, and they're not anymore, and I still get figs. So it's not not the matter of 
weather, but it's a matter of how many. If I had a big family and everybody loved figs, I wouldn't have enough. But I'm in a position where I get to pick figs, and there's plenty of them. I lost one arm of my LSU fig um, to the cold this year, and I was very surprised at that because it's been through a lot. But I'm gonna. It is going to be sort of one-sided for a little while till I can get the other side to grow back and maybe replace it. Or maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe one side is enough. Like I said, I don't eat that many figs. I just, the plants are beautiful, and I really do like a few. In the question, the next question um, from Biloxi about roses and other woody plants, do we have a lifespan? We know trees live for years and years, but what about flowering plants like roses? Um, Do they have a useful lifetime, or is it? indetermined really is there are averages okay and you might think of it like the annuities for human beings in other words we understand about how long human beings live but things differ and so from time to time you'll have someone send in a picture or call me about a rose bush that is at their grandmother's house which was planted they know before the Vietnam War or you know something even longer back than that Though that's that's unusual. It's not extremely rare because it does happen. For example, the the Texas rose rustlers, the people that rode around Texas looking for roses that nobody could identify anymore because they'd been sitting there in front of the church blooming for so long that no one remembered if they ever knew what they were. Those those folks, some of those roses had been around that long, hundred years or something. But usually that's because they were in one place and. They fell over and rooted in another spot, or their rose hips fell off. We usually think the average, in terms of old garden-type roses, the average is about 20 years. Um, in, in terms of hybrid teas, though, the fancy ones that you grow in the bed by themselves and you spray them all the time and you cut for the long stems, those you're replanting a few every year of the bed's existence. In other words, they might last three or four years, but you're constantly adding to that because they not only release new varieties that you want to try, but because those roses are not as long-lived as others. You will see some shrubs that really just don't ever go away. Um, I, I think about the shrubs, for example. There were ligustrums that were underneath the windows of my children's school in elementary school. And I remember the guys out there pruning them so that they didn't go above the windows. You know, they'd use the head shears and trim across them. But when you looked at the – so they were only like three feet tall. But when you looked at the bottom of them, they were about a foot across. Their trunk – they'd been there so long that their trunks were like trees. They just didn't have an opportunity to grow anymore on top. So it's just the the length of time depends a lot on the plant's condition and way it's treated. But everything does have – a lifespan of some sort um oh this is i think this is interesting but first of all let me tell you that the super talk call line is 888-808-8637 when you call the the uh, phone will ring fortunately for us in the studio and daniel will answer and will be nice to you and you will be nice to him that's a rule here we don't talk to anybody that isn't nice and be happy to talk to you about your plants or whatever your question is. Um, please don't ask him to ask your question. People do that. But we like to hear your voice. And on the text line, of course, the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, send me some pictures, tell me some stuff, show me what's going on. I love that. Appreciate it very, very much. 
Um, oh, stoma tonathic. Stoma tonathic. Okay, that's the word you're going to bring up tonight at dinner. No one's going to know what it is. Well, depending on who's at your dinner table, I suppose. But most people are not going to know. Because this is something that is literally obscure. This is very. This is right up there with so many other things where the people that are into it get into it and they want to know about it and want to tell you all about it. <laughs> so here's what the, the researcher from the University of Turku is letting us know. Here's the question. If giant pandas are herbivores, how come their mouth, their, their way they masticate, the way they chew, how come that's all so different? They're not like other, they're not, well, they're not bears in the first place, but they're, they're not like bears. Um, they also are, they're just, it's just different. There are only a few species of bamboo that giant pandas eat. So we've always felt like, well, that kind of limits you, doesn't it? I mean, you got to be where the bamboo is or somebody's like for the pandas in the in zoos and places there'll be a, an operation to grow their bamboo you know because that's what you got to do just always seemed to me to be kind of sideways but how come they how come they're able to do this well what we have learned thanks to this particular bit of research from the institute of dentistry and the biodiversity unit both of those at the university of turku they've been working with the china conservation and research center for the giant pandas and they understand now how the stomatodactic system actually functions that is the way that you have the way that everything has uh, that chews has of masticating chewing and getting the food so that it can go from out there to in here okay how does this work though well, most creatures that eat only plants, that is to say herbivores, um, giraffes, I think about. You know, they're, they're, there's many herbivores in the world, but that's one of them. Their teeth usually have ridged molars to help grind the plant material and jaws that can move sideways because of that same grinding necessity, okay? But giant pandas, the, the upper canines don't do that. They don't fit into the plan. So how is it that they can even, well, it's because bamboo is different and has to be stripped. The skin of the bamboo is not edible, which again goes to the, well, why in the world did they start eating it? Well, they just did. And as a result, what they've been doing with 3D scanning, they studied the movement of the giant panda's jaw, the structure of its teeth, and they found out how they can use bamboo as their diet. It is that that temporomandibular mandibular joint you may have under you may have heard of TMJ. That 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 joint is different from the closest examples to it, the polar bear, the the brown bear. In addition to going up and down and going sideways, it's also got to be able to go hard enough to get the bamboo peeled. And that's why those teeth are differently. It's not prevented by the structure. It changes it. And one more point, because pandas are not bears, they're different. They use their canines to fight. How about that? (laughs) When you see those cute and cuddly pandas, watch out for their canines. Just watch out for those canines. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the telephone number here. And I hope that whatever your garden is giving to you this year, that you are realizing how much wetter the spring was 
And with forecasts, for example, in in central Mississippi, it's even more in some other parts. But in central Mississippi this coming week, we're looking at another inch or two here and there. That actually helps me. I'm on high ground, and it it, it keeps things watered. But it puts so many people in a very different situation. And especially if you do not garden in raised beds, that amount of water suddenly on a summer day can cause you some trouble. So we can talk about what you want to do about it, how you're going to adapt to it, and, frankly, the fact that we see this going on and on and on. We're looking at heat waves across the domes and all that across the country. We understand that June was the hottest June ever recorded, all right? All of these things contribute to the amount of water and the amount of humidity that we all have. I, I don't really think that the southern part of the United States is going to go entirely nudist, but I do think that we will be seeing people wearing I – th- I do think that men are going to cast off neckties, for example, and begin to dress more dress formally, but without that choking up thing on them. I think that they will be more likely to be wearing shirts that are fancy than suits because it's too hot. In addition, the more we have to run the air conditioning because of all those suits, you understand – we end up using up more and more of the electricity that we're having enough trouble to produce because we've got so much more heat that we have to deal with. So the circles of life do continue and move forward. And the good news for you guys is, just like we women tossed away the pantyhose a few years ago, you know it's true. You know it's true. You guys are going to be able to toss away the ties. Not that you won't put one on for a photograph. Of course you will. But maybe for a special occasion. But I don't think we're going to continue to be asking you to dress in three layers of clothes every day when the average temperature is hotter than it has ever been outside, which makes it that much more difficult to cool the environment inside. Um, I have good friends on the West Coast who, frankly, are getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go fishing because it's the coolest that it is. Now, he would ordinarily be a 4 a.m. fisherman anyway, okay? But he said it was a lot harder to get up at 2. No kidding! (laughs) But in order to get out and do a little fishing, get out a little bit, and not just be sitting in the house through through the hot part of the day entirely, he and his buddies were up at that early, early hour. It does remind me of fig picking, though, sometimes. you got to get up early to get to them. Maybe not two, but pretty soon. Striders in Indianola. um, Oh, that's lovely. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Gorgeous. Thank you for sending that picture. I love it. So gorgeous. Let's see. Andrea's got um, yellow leaves on the black-eyed Susan vine in the very back of the yard and the neighborhood sprinkler system water. She thinks maybe it's just from too much water. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, If you wanted to, if you feel like they're getting too much water, it is a little bit crowded. You might thin it out just a little bit. And I I wouldn't give it anything heavy-duty, but I, I would certainly get back there with a little cottonseed meal or just a little bit of nitrogen. Um, I don't think you need to improve the soil with anything like peat moss, but I would I would give it a little fertilizer back there. Won't hurt. Help It'll help it compete a little bit with the, the amount of water it's getting. Um, let's see. Beverly's from Pearl. I can't quite see the picture of it. It, it looks like a couple of things. I'll look at closer during the break and I'll, I'll climb up in the computer to see it. Yes, that's true. I'm a very happy person to be here, um, and thank you for saying so. But no, I can't see any better than I could the day before. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We have some things that improve, right? Oh, 
I did get a question from somebody. They said that their their caladium bed is so wet, and they wanted to know if that's why it they're going into bloom. It, it could be because you know plants will try and put on a flower if they feel like they're somehow um, in compromised or in in some sort of danger. So I I would cut the flowers off if there's any way you can maybe run a little um, edge, a little ditch or something there to help it drain out if it's actually standing in water. Um, Otherwise, put a little more mulch around them so that they don't stay as wet or they don't get as much more water as they might in the next period of time. Those, Those are a couple of things that can help. But when caladiums and other what we call aroids flower, they put up that spike and then it's got that tight flower on it, Things like elephant ears and and you know we're 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 looking at plants that we actually are growing for their leaves, and if we let them go into bloom, as attractive as those flowers may be, or as oddball or how whatever you feel about them, um, the the issue is that it will take away from the energy into the leaves. So if you're already having an overwatering wet soil problem, and you get the flowers. They're not. They're just going to stop growing. So take the flower, cut the flower stem all the way down at ground level, and and get them get them out of there. It will help a whole bunch. Let's see. Um, did I get that other question? Yes, we talked about that. Okay, good. Doop doop doop. Let's see. We won't come back and stare into that. I'll get in there. Um, when do I know if I've lost my saw palmetto? Mm, doesn't look too good. Doesn't look too good. I would pull all the leaves out that you can get to and literally get down around the ground at the base of that and just see if there's anything green left. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say there won't be, but it it's getting it's getting tight, Joe. He's been looking at this for several weeks now, hoping that it was gonna uh, get better. Trey, you're killing me. More tables full of now that's now that's fresh fruit. Fresh fruit tables full of tomatoes. All right, you're going to drive me to the BLT. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, they're so beautiful. The thing about it is when somebody grows tomatoes like this, and Trey, Trey's blushing because he didn't want me to talk about him, but I'm going to, and the, and the tomatoes are so consistent and so beautiful and so ripened and so many of them at one time, you know that this person literally knows what they're doing, and that that's such a joy. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to see. I love that same thing in, in flowers. We were talking um, this week. I had the opportunity to teach with Donnie Yowell the Cut Flower Growers course that's going on. And we're still Zooming. They're doing some things in person. There'll be more things in person, but we'll always be doing a Zoom element, too, because we've realized how many people we can reach that way. Um, but we were talking about the, the flowers that you can plant now and the way that things are turning out. And she always brings to these Zoom meetings what's blooming today. And she she had a lovely, beautiful group of flowers and things. But the one I wanted to mention to you is her dahlias are a little smaller because the soil is so wet where they are. Okay? They're, they're still as big around as my fist. I mean, these are beautiful, beautiful flowers. But everything that we do or don't do, that we control or don't control in the garden, does make a difference in the product that we produce. Whether it's how long that rose can live, or whether it's how big the dahlia is, or whether, quite frankly, it's whether I can make some more black cherry tomatoes. It's all about it. This is gardening, you know, that's what we do. We try to make more all the time. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for being part of this world. This is Weekend Gardening.
Y'all listen up. Have you seen all the litter on the sides of our roads? We need to all do our part to fight litter. Put trash in its proper place and make sure items in your truck beds are secure. Remember, trash blows. Secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Calling all college football fans, KLLM is unveiling to the public the 2021 Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Jackson State custom football tractor trailers. Thursday, July 22nd at the Embraves baseball game. Take pictures with your team's cheerleaders and mascots as you explore the trucks. Event gates open at 530 with first pitch at 630. Event details can be found at KLLM's Facebook page. Don't miss the college football event of the summer, July 22nd at Trustmark Park. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I was surprised the other day when I got a phone call asking if we sold guns. We sell lots of guns. We have the largest selection of firearms in this area, including over 100 AR-type guns priced from $5.99 on up. We also just got in a huge shipment of ammo, including such hard-to-find calibers as .380, 9mm, and .223. No limit on quantity and no inflated prices. Check out our website, rangebyjimmyprimos.com, or like us on Facebook. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Are you the parent of a two to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one -on -one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month, but you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish uh... is pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to babbel.com. 
That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory, share, heaven's glory, share. Turn your lights down low. Turn your lights down low. And listen to the Master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Thank you so much for turning on your radio today, or your computer perhaps, or maybe even your smartphone. Um, one of these days, I think we're going to, they're going to just hand us something when we're born that has all of our tech in it. It'll be great. The, it'll, it'll grow with you. You know, it'll go around your thumb, and then after a while, it'll get bigger and bigger, and eventually you'll just talk into it and say, hey, Mom, what's for dinner? That kind of stuff. We're, we're lucky. We're so fortunate. 21st century is turning into um, a technological wonderland, that's for sure. And... Let's see. Uh, what is the organic solution to tomato fruit worms? Bill in Tupelo wants to know. Well, the, the most organic one is the stomp and squish, of course. The, the the fruit worms, once you see them, we're we're late, and that's the issue because you do have to pluck them off at that point. But the the way to get to the fruit worms or the horn worms or any of the other of the worm worms, we do, this doesn't work so well for um, some of the piercing and sucking insects. Um, but but it does work for the chewers. It, they're going to be they're going to be eggs there because they can't go very far after they hatch before they put their nose in and you know their their mouths get started and they begin eating. Okay, so earlier on in the season, what we're looking at, of course, are clusters of eggs that might be up on that stem near where the flower is going to be, near where the fruit's going to be. Um, even sometimes, even a little bit later, we'll see those egg clusters actually on the flower or on the pedestal going where the fruit's going to form. Getting those off is very, very important, and sometimes we overlook that step. Um, but in the sustainable world, frankly, if you don't get the eggs off, you're likely to have more troubles. Now, if you're already at the point where your tomatoes have fruit worms and they're in the fruit coming out at you because they, they, they bored in when they were babies and now they're coming out again, there's not much we can do to control them at this point except for you to be sure that you keep all of that fruit picked up off of your property. You don't want that you don't want to set up a nursery for them, okay, and going forward. It's not likely that would happen, but it can. And besides, frankly, anything that we leave in the way of debris in the garden, old plant materials and whatnot, we really do end up with an awful lot more trouble because those are the things that bring in the secondary pests. Um, so that's the, the thing to do is to prevent the fruit worms from being there, and you can use, if, you've, if you are at the beginning of fruit production, some people will use something like Dipel or even Spinosad because it is, it'll be there when, they're, when they hatch. But if they're already in the fruit, there isn't really anything that we can do about it, okay? Um, the, the, the major thing about any kind of things like fruit worms and, and then our other friends, the, the hornworms, is that they're opportunistic, but they're big and slow <laughs> compared to stink bugs or aphids or something else that can build up their population so quickly. So stomping and squishing is really not a bad idea. And it's also true that if, if you can get to the egg clusters, you'll be way ahead of the game. Okay, okay. I'm still crawling up into this tree. I will look again. 
I think I'm I'm looking at um it really looks like a tallow tree, but the flowers didn't the flowers look much larger than I expected them to for that. That's what I'm that's what I'm stumped about. Let's see. Um from Picayune. Good morning, y'all. They're at Harvest Barn Church. How y'all doing? I hope you're well today. There the bottom rot problem is a watering problem. This is called blossom end rot on tomatoes. And they're the problem is that we have not had good conditions for growing tomatoes anyway. For example, the bed is so wet that you don't want to water it. You want to try to let it dry out. So you let it dry out, but it may come right back around again and water again, I mean rain again, before you get a chance to have it dry out. Or it may dry out quickly, and then you go back to water it, but it's just all kind of off and on and off and on. Tomatoes grow best with a consistent limited amount of water all the time. So what happens when they don't get that consistent and limited amount of water all the time is that the as the fruit is beginning to form, it can't sustain all of itself. So it tries to sustain the part up next to the stem by letting the part at the bottom collapse, and that's called blossom end rot. Those cells can't take up, they're no longer able to take up enough water and nutrients to hold open or to continue or to ripen, and so they collapse. The way to get around this in a wet year like this one is going to be a, a, a calcium spray that we spray on the flowers. A lot of people do that anyway because they want more tomato set, but a lot of us don't necessarily do that because we don't have a blossom end rot problem and the tomatoes set fine just with you know available pollination. But if you will go to the garden center and get yourself a bottle of calcium spray, it's probably called Bloom Set, might be called Blossom Set, Flower Set, something like that. The idea is it's a spray of calcium for tomato flowers. And you can spray it on pepper flowers, too, um, to help that fruit set. Because what the problem is in that fruit, with the the mess up of the water that you didn't have any control over, really, because it's been such a bad season for the tomatoes, is that they don't get the calcium that they need to hold those cells open. And so by applying extra calcium as the flowers are coming on, sometimes we're able to get around blossom end rot. Okay, I hope that helps. I hope it makes sense. Um, blossom end rot is one of those things that the good news is that you can cut the tomatoes and you pick the tomatoes and the half that's not rotten will still taste fine. But it's not fun. It's ugly. And we don't we don't like all that. <laughs> We don't like all that. Let's see. Scott's in so-so um, red dirt um, plant. His research says tall fescue. What's the best one? Best grass. Check your zone and the temperatures that that tall fescue needs. It does does germinate well in red dirt. But I want to make sure that it isn't just going to be an annual crop for you. Okay, so check that out. Um and let's see, calcium, someone recommended also to them a 15-30-15 fertilizer. That, that isn't going to make any difference with blossom end rot, but it is going to give you perhaps more tomatoes um, because it's low nitrogen and, and higher phosphorus, which is what we're always looking for. Okay? I wonder where you get 15-30-15. I have to think about that. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, Greg, you're funny. That's great. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. So have y'all been keeping up with this? Have y'all been, uh, other than me, oh, do, do, do people listen to Super Talk over the, over the night, the long haul at night, and, and hear all about stuff? 
So do we all go back in history enough that we all thought we were the only ones that ever heard of UFOs? And now all of a sudden it's a big deal out in the world? Well, yeah, it is. Here's the thing. People have been looking for a long time for life from other planets or on other planets. We don't know. And that's the, the bottom line of it. We don't know. There's a story today about um, conditions on Saturn's moon in Enceladus, which, by the way, is the name we gave it. Saturn didn't give it that name. There's methane in, there, in the plumes there that's similar to the methane in the underwater vents in our oceans. That doesn't happen in the, the environment that we understand it's Saturn's moon's environment. So we're having to study that more. Why do we know this? Because we finally have a probe that has gone that far and come back and brought us information. But another thing that's going on, and I really do have to say that this, this is just pretty exciting, um, there is a key molecular property that all living organisms rather have. And now we found a way to detect it from a helicopter. So this, of course, will help us in terms of measuring both um, life here and maybe somewhere else as well. That whole business of remote sensing, of course, is such a huge part of what our research has to be about because we're not there. We have to go there and test the air and test the soil and bring back samples and do all of the things that we want to do. But, for example... Um, what we're looking at, of course, this key molecular property of living organizations, living organisms. I don't know why I keep saying that. But, for example, we, we have a left hand and we have a right hand, okay? They're, they're perfect mirror images of each other, but no matter what we do, we can't actually superimpose them one upon the other. And that is why you don't put your left glove on your right hand or vice versa, all right? This is called chirality. In, in, it's a scientific term that we recognize in other things called chirality. So just like hands are chiral, molecules are as well. Not all of them, but, but the, the ones in organic creatures can be. So most of the molecules in living organisms are, and but unlike hands, however, they usually come in pairs, all right, that are the same, and then they go either left-handed or right-handed as pairs. That allows us to see it. These are known as homochiral. It means that they are the pairs are going in the same direction at the same time. That's what produces a biosignature, and that's what we've just learned how to measure. Good grief, that is crazy smart. I love it. Um, you know, it, it's drones. A fly pole. We're going we're gonna to name things silly names now, but I guess it's better than helicopter overlord or whatever they might have called it. But if we can sense these things... From the distance of a helicopter, think, for example, of where, where have we all seen helicopters? If we have nothing, we have, we have no experience with them, we've all seen them fly over Hawaii, okay, in, in some version of some adventure show. Or if we've seen them all fly over a house, over a housing area and stuff. Think if we could actually count just from that flight. They could gather the data and go right back and count it all. That's just brilliant, and it makes so much sense to me. It, I, I'm actually a little more interested in that than I am in the uh, <laughs> level of methane on Saturn's moon, although that's pretty fascinating stuff. Um, they do have giant water plumes there, and people have wondered what this is all about. You know, there's a this this particular moon has a rock center, and then 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 the whole rest of it's ice. And so, where does all this come from, and why does it come from? Well, 
of course, it, that's what we send the Cassini out to look at and bring us and tell us things. So what they have found is that the certain molecules, um, dihydrogen, methane, and carbon dioxide, that are in these plumes on Saturn's moon, of course, are the ones that are in the same as our hydro vents in the Earth. Pretty wild. Some things are just not as different as you might expect them to be. By the way, um, if you are having any bug troubles on your quote-unquote tropical plants that are outside in your on your porch or something like that, you may want to treat them and then bring them inside. Here's why I say this. This is bug time. And if you if you got bugs now, you're going to have bugs later. If you don't have bugs now, you're going to have bugs later. Particularly, for example, if you have managed to avoid the hornworms and the fruitworms, you're probably, just as soon as it dries out, which it's not, not going to do right away, but as soon as it dries out, we're going to be looking at stink bugs on getting in there and stinging those tomatoes. This is another reason, of course, why we talk about how smart it is, and how smart it can be at least, to go ahead and harvest things before they're fully ripe. Um, sometimes it's as simply a matter of getting ahead of the, the, the squirrels that want to bite into my tomato and throw it on the ground, for example. They don't even want it to ripen. They just want to mess with me. But if you have a little bit of pink, you can ripen that tomato in your windowsill and, and beautifully, okay? So don't be, don't be overwhelmed by this whole bug business. We're going to have bugs, and we're going to deal with them. But you can also get around some things by just picking a little bit sooner. Some folks will say at this time that, for example, if their squashes are still making, that they want to pick them sooner because it keeps them pl- producing. That is true. It's also true that because they grow so quickly, a four-inch squash today has at least as much flavor in it as a six-inch one did a couple of weeks ago, maybe more, because this is a faster growth time, and it, it's a good idea to pay attention to that. Maybe there's a, a faster pace that things can grow at, grow at, and maybe you want them to, but maybe some of those houseplants, for example, that you put outside have gotten really big. Why not take a little time and do some repotting now? I don't, I don't want to wait until it's time to bring the plants back indoors to repot. I would rather do that now, let them get adjusted to their, um, their, new, their new condition, their new soil condition, and maybe put on a little bit more growth before we get towards fall and needing to bring those plants back into a warmer environment. It also gives me time to shop for saucers. Now, if, if plant saucers are your thing, Congratulations. I have to tell you that I, I've searched them. I like the clear plastic ones, but they're not usually sturdy enough for what I'm doing. So I like to put them onto a plate or into something else. That's why I haunt the thrift stores or have over years. I don't have to anymore. I've got plenty. But old plates and old shallow bowls and things like that make a wonderful holder for that flimsy plastic saucer. That's really all you need to keep the container in, but it makes it a harder plant to move around. It also makes it a harder plant to appreciate the looks of. It's prettier, if you'll say, if you've got a little something underneath it. Why not? Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I'm i going to tell you this. I thought I was going to wash my windows this week, but it's looking like there's going to be too much rain for that. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I just need to put that on the do it later list. You know, you have that one, don't you? This list, that list, and the other list. Put that on the other list. But come back right here in a minute for Weekend Gardening.
Hey, it's Lucky Buck, and I'm here to tell you about a new holiday. And unlike National Selfie Day, this one actually makes sense. It's First Tuesday. On the first Tuesday of every month, the Mississippi Lottery introduces new scratch-off games, and that is a reason to celebrate. So try your luck with fresh scratch-offs each month. And hey, take a selfie while you're playing. Oh, hold on. That one may be a keeper. Have fun, y'all. Must be 21 or over to play. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Did you know that one out of four jobs in the state depends on agriculture? That's why we started the Mississippi Ag in the Classroom. It's a school program helping grades K-12 through acquire broader knowledge about agriculture and how it impacts them. It's great to see them learn and get excited about where their food and clothes come from. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers, along with Surrender Fire Ant Killer. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Shrimp. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Oysters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your Fresh Seafood Headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. 
Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. This weekend, I hope that you will remember to take us along with you and, uh, you know, keep some gardening going. I don't care whether you're at Mima's house or Grandma's or your own or maybe a house that you're looking at. You know, a lot of people are out there shopping for houses right now. Sometimes it's the plants that make all the difference. I was uh, very tickled, you might imagine, when the Scripps Spelling Bee winner spelled Mariah. Yep, that's right. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, first of all, because she's brilliant. She's from Harvey, Louisiana, my home state. Um, She's taller than I was at 14, which is always happy for me, because if you've ever seen me, this is how tall I was at 12. Okay. (laughs) I'm not tall now. I was real tall then. But also because it's a plant. And if you've never run into Morea, you you, you don't know it, think about... um, the curry plant. Think about um, some of the really sweet, citrusy, jasmine smells in the citrus family. That's what this is. This is that family of trees. It's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, but I, I will tell you that uh, Zaila Avant-Garde is, a, it has, is not, she's, she's, she's obviously not just a speller. She's got Guinness World Records for basketball stuff and is just smart, smart, smart. But I thought it was so much fun. Um, she Sometimes we don't realize what we're saying when somebody's interviewing us, and then you go back and you hear it later and you think, did she really say that? Well, yes, she really did say this. She says, for spelling, I usually try to do about 13,000 words a day, and that usually takes seven hours or so. What? <laughs> what? Yes, and they work with tutors, and she still has time for basketball, and she's still a great student in her other subjects. Just crazy. So here's um, the word she spelled before Mariah. She spelled spelled Nepeta. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all are hearing that. It's coming to you. It's cat mint. It's also a plant. How wonderful is that? <laughs> she also spelled um, Phytobus, which is a twist of paper that you used to light a pipe. People used to do that. Uh, I guess people still smoke pipes. I don't know. Um Duchess, which is a very small cream puff. I wouldn't have even known what this was. It's, I had no idea that you served. I had no idea that you served a savory pastry with cocktails. You can tell I don't go to those parties. Okay, that would be great. That would be wonderful. But it's a very small cream puff with a savory filling. Um, other things that you might want to know: ancestroid. You might need to know that if you've ever played a pirate. Ancestroid means it's shaped like a hook. So if you've ever been a pirate, you may have actually been there. Okay? Just great stuff. Smart, smart girl. So glad um, to have somebody from the South (laughs) win. That always helps. (laughs) Makes us all feel better. I also have another big, big story that I should have told you all. I should have been preaching this as as soon as I read about it, and I probably will end up writing more about it. Um, I have said to you before that as we all understand that breathing is such an important part of life, it is we cannot go without it, and that COVID has so many important 
influences on the way that we breathe. We don't necessarily think about all the other things, but this this issue has brought to us so much more that you've heard me talk here about learning to breathe with your diaphragm, practicing breathing exercises, all the things that I had to learn as a flute player, all the things that I had to learn as a voice person. We all need to do that. We all need to do better. But guess what? Now we have an even better reason. This work from the University of Colorado at Boulder tells us that this particular breathing exercise, which is inspiratory muscle strength training, you may have heard of it before, it's IMST, I-M-S-T. It involves heavy inhaling and whatnot, um, it, and it, they, they did it with a placebo. You don't know what you're getting until you get the inhalation, and the, it actually works. This is something that they've used in respiratory therapy for a long time, but now they have found that this particular form of what they are calling strength training for your breathing muscles will lower blood pressure, and it does improve some of the measures of your vascular health as well. I'm, I have a doctor's appointment. It's, it's summertime. This is when I go for my annual stuff. This is, this is where I'm headed. I'm going to be saying, okay, let's all do this. We all, we all need to be breathing better, particularly people my age. But this is true of everybody. And if we can be this, they recruited a few, you know, 40 adults, ages 50 to 79. Half of them did the IMST. The other half did a placebo, which is just a lesser effect. And it was dramatic. So I'm going to be finding out about it. You probably will be, too. How about that? I hope that when you start gardening this week, you decide that you're going to get going crazy busy on this fall garden thing. There's nothing sadder to me than somebody coming to me in September and saying, I see my neighbor has tomato plants. Can I grow some now? Well, yeah, but you got to start now if you want to be growing them then. Okay. The same thing, though, is is actually true of so many of the the plants that we enjoy during the winter, like parsley. I think about that. We need to be planting that in the summer because we want to plant it in the fall, even though it grows all the way across the thing. This is also the time to be locating your strawberries that you're going to be buying in October. So if you're if you are one of those folks that is determined, like I am, to grow strawberries again, this is when you start looking for who the suppliers are and where they are in the area that can get us get us exactly what we need. There's so many things in, that we can grow coming up again in the summer, but maybe we need to be paying just as much attention to our lawns as we have been to everything else. I've gotten a few emails and several stops in the neighborhood to ask, "Do you have this weed in your lawn?" You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, probably do. At least a little bit, but we're seeing more of those wet characteristics. And drying, drier weather will take some of them out, but we're also going to see some things that are just going to require some treatment. I'm happy to say that I did put out the pre-emerge in the flower bed so that although I saw a cluster of gripe weed coming up outside the flower bed, right on the inside of that little spot where there would have been some, surely, there isn't. And that's the power of a seed-suppressing herbicide. In my case, I use the one made by Preen, which is made for organic gardening, because those are the products that, I mean, I don't mind putting corn gluten and things into my garden. But you can use whichever one you want to use, obviously, and they do work. They will make your task much less down the way. Um, Yeah, I think that's a tallow tree. Still got a... I'm I'm just I don't know why I don't think it is, but it, it looks like the tallow tree. Um it it the popcorn tree as they call it or the tallow 
Um, either one of those can be a real problem, of course. We understand it is an invasive tree, so depending on where that is, you may or may not want it to remain there. But the flowers look like that. They just don't usually look quite that long. Um, the the Chinese tallow tree is something that was brought here both for its beautiful purple fall color and the adorable white um the, the, those those berries that you're showing in the second photo, the, the beautiful berries will turn into white popcorn. And that's really what the problem is, that not only does do those seeds produce mi- millions of seeds, but they also all come up. So if they were sterile, we wouldn't be as worried about it. But in this particular case, it's one of those plants that's it's native to Taiwan, and it has been... Um, it's just been, it has it names, you know, anything that has so many names, you know, has been grown everywhere. This thing is called chicken tree in in uh, uh, Florida, I believe, because it was popular in chicken yards. But the seeds are the sources of a, a, a drying oil that they use in varnishes and stuff. So that's good. That was one reason some of them were planted. But, of course, other things have come past that. The other problem is that it's in the euphorbia family, which means that it is extremely drought tolerant and can take everything. So please don't plant that tree. All right. Tallow trees are a problem. But you're not. You're the best gardeners in America. Probably the best ones in the universe, if, if the truth be told. I'm just your garden mama, but I'll be back again next week, and I hope you will, too, for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it calls to bring you into this world and when you leave it and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. You can support Mississippi's many talented farmers, artisans, and craftsmen by purchasing products with a genuine Mississippi logo. And that's the proof it's the real deal. To find products grown, raised, crafted, and made in our great state, just visit GenuineMS.com or visit the Genuine Mississippi store at the Mississippi Farmers Market every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, and Saturdays, 8 to 1. I'm Andy Gibson, and I am Genuine Mississippi. 
144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free Guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where customers are game. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.